Midnight with Conan O'Brien. Why? Why? with Conan O'Brien, TV to keep you up. I just heard her recording in progress <laughs> that must be this creepy siri you're speaking of huh? yep <laughs> creepy slash sexy yep <laughs> i mean i enjoy it right it's making me feel weird in all the right ways <laughs> speaking of being weird in all the right ways we're hey, right? about conan o'brien <laughs> he has so many segues yeah it all it all glues itself together, doesn't it? Uh, so we got Corey and Adrian from Culture Shocked. Check them what? the fuck out. They are delightful guys, just talking everything from video game tropes to why the to why the Star Wars sequels are terrible. Uh, let's not do this. Again. There you go. Plenty of Star Wars chats. Um, and uh, that is definitely my favorite. Oh my god, I'm dying laughing. So uh, I'm. I'm I've been glad to have you guys on before, and uh, I just figured, hey, you know, let, let's let's talk about an inspiring like comedian who, you know, I've been listening to his podcast inside Conan and even his own thing, and he, he's that's even been a bigger delight. How you know he was offered to you know replace <laughs> of all people, you know, just a big giant icon is like you're taking Johnny Carson's spot. That's intimidating to everybody. He was, yeah. a, you know, previous a writer on Saturday Night Live and, you know, Simpsons and wrote Simpsons. some great sketches for both. And uh, hearing his recent interview with Jeff Ross, who was also the lead producer on Kids in the Hall, you know, he was literally being told all kinds of things, kind of even made the awkward interviews work in his favor. <laughs> yeah, you know, he would always be like, I'm a crappy actor. That's why I'm not here on <laughs> TV. And, uh, Stuttering John from Howard Stern was actually trolling him at his first press conference, and it was hysterical because <laughs> the guy was just like, "Hey, uh, how do you feel about being uh, a relatively unknown guy?" And Conan just played into it. He's like, "You sir are wrong. I am a complete unknown." <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was too. Like, yeah. he really didn't have much under his belt before they just handed him the world. And right. Jeff was even repeating how Lord Michaels, you know, he would he would own it. He he saw something in him, and at the same time, he was hating what he was seeing at first, and then he just let it play out. And yeah, ironically, one of, one of the biggest guys who did not get it at NBC vouched for the show because he was at all the live tapings. They even noted how 
it would have probably been different in LA, but they were filming in New York, which was kind of more freed up and it was put in a lot of, you know, jobs and other stuff. And they just saw how people were reacting to it. It was very much like Adult Swim, just, you know, it just people were just understanding just the right kind of just weird, quirky humor. Uh, Conan even said when he started it up, he really did not want to go for a typical, you know, talk show host format. He thought it was shitty and stupid. And he, he, he actually likened his show more to kind of like uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> and you know what? Thank God for Conan because he is literally my hero. I love everything the man does. Absolutely. I would see parts of him replaying on Comedy Central around 02, 03, and my sister started recording a lot of it. And by 06, 07, you know, it's just, he was dynamite. He just, he, he'd just do random shit where he just would interact with the audience. And uh, listening to the podcast has been so great hearing them. Uh, Robert Smeagol, who you guys might know as, you know, Triumph the Insult comic dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one of the lead SNL writers, like the longest running guy, he, he noted how he would take some of his weird friends and kind of like who's lying, they would. They didn't drive each other crazy because they only ever met when they were at work. <laughs> and and it's just so funny how, yeah, it's Andy Richter was kind of the right guy. He was suggested by Jeff Garland and a bunch of other comedians Conan knew. And they're like that. And it's so wild how, you know, Andy was able to kind of do his kind of thing do a weird, you know, bunch of comedy movie appearances and cameos and work with Amy Poehler on the improv group. You know, you know, the Upright Citizens Brigade, and they got their own Comedy Central show for about three years. Yeah. Uh, but I got to ask you, you both, uh, Corey, what, what is your favorite absolute, like, Conan skit? Uh, my favorite one if is... If you had to pick one, like, yeah. Probably hey, only... the one I've gone back to, you know what, a as a collective, I'm going to say everything he does to Jordan Schlansky is, like, <laughs> some of my favorite stuff, because he, he, like, love hates that man yeah he is always jordan is like one of his other main producers he's with him on the podcast and yeah. he's always basically he's telling him what to cut you know jeff would always be the you know we, we gotta go to commercial and jordan is always kind of just the straight face guy just always getting shat on just for the fact that he is doing his job and Conan is just yeah. always playing into that and it, it really is pretty fucking funny <laughs> But my specific, one specific remote that I go back and watch the most is probably the uh, when they do the ride along with uh, Ice Cube and Kevin. Uh, yeah. They uh, so now you really got to listen to the podcast because they absolutely explain how that even came about. Like even the uh, the production manager gal who had to schedule it all, uh, and you know their title was like remote. Uh, production gal because that's just it you know you're hiring all these people you know with drones and other stuff to follow them around and it was so fucking hysterical they would get uh like uh you know the producers would always have x amount of money you know to book uh, and yeah. they would book an actual uber and they had an x amount you know just in case one of the ubers said what the fuck no you're not following me around <laughs> with a camera that's another car and yeah it just they would always have like set up some sound equipment and everything it wouldn't interfere with the ride and you get good you know presentation and all and yeah that there were i think they said there was like maybe one or two episodes where it's like we just can't show it it just wasn't enough even though the host was very entertaining to us it's just, it's just too bizarre or not funny <laughs> and, there's a, there's always going to be stuff they have to kill from the show yeah uh 
that they they even had a running gag because like they would even come up with like all these other gimmicks and for whatever reason you know they'd get annoyed and then they would have to learn the hard way it's like okay conan's already trying to learn his material so don't get mad <laughs> at him if anyone else you know comes up to you an idea and says that's the stupidest fucking thing ever and they really cultured each other you know that's why they had uh just some other female writers they had Dion cole who mm-hmm. kind of would write yep. a lot of black humor for them and educate them. It was like yeah no man motherfucker we don't talk that way <laughs> oh, I, I love when uh i love when Dion cool was on the show one time i can't remember if conan got like braids or whatever it was or he got like dreadlocks and he's like what do you think Dion? is this racist he's like no it's not racist it's just stupid <laughs> right i, I didn't stuff like that you know? oh i love uh, Dion cool yeah he, oh, he used to come on every once in a while as the, I think, the angry black announcer or something. <laughs> they would just that. wheel his desk behind Conan and he would yell things at the audience. I need to relook at that. Conan. I'm sure I saw one or two of them. Oh my God. There's a whole remote where he goes and eats soul food with Dion Cole in the, like in a black neighborhood. And it's, it's hilarious because Conan that doesn't know how to order. Ball and they're all like, who the fuck is this guy with <laughs> yeah. this big red hair? And oh, it was funny. Um, yeah, but I mean, just speaking of like Smeagol and Dion Cool, like Conan has had some absolute powerhouses come through, like be an intern for him. Oh, yeah. I'm that was a wonderful segue. I was actually gonna list some people because guys, this is not fucking IMDb stuff, you know. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> oh, they yeah. don't even fucking know how long they worked there. Um, <laughs> uh, it, but so I'll, I'll list off some great names. Uh, uh, and a lot of them again were interviewed. Uh, Wyatt Sinek from The Daily Show. You know, he was estranged from his family years ago. He was going to all boys art school in Dallas. And then he interned on Late Nine with Conan during college and dropped out to also try interning at SNL during the Jim Brewer, Sherry O'Terry, Will Ferrell's earlier years. And then uh, he became the first black writer on The Daily Show. Right. But he once took an internship placement test, and the internship suggestion was to be a stuntman interview. <laughs> and that was when he was just on Andy Richter's and so it's just so funny how half the time uh, that there was even another writer on there who noted how uh, Jonathan Graff and a bunch of the other guys is like they would literally intern there and then you know just to keep their gig they would intern for a totally different job and then what do you know is like hey you're back <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not leaving I'm just trying to fill it out so i don't get replaced but yeah adam Pauly was on there uh john krasinski and mindy kalen from the office were also there and oh, yeah. uh conan would and, have and, some and ellie kemper yes uh yeah the, three office the, three of office fam three office key people <laughs> and uh john's funny interview on conan was is like basically <laughs> he worked there for like a year and a half and then uh, Conan's getting even more intimidated. He's like, "You're on NBC after me," you know. <laughs> <Or before me. laughs> uh, but they had a mock fight scene, kind of like in the hallway. Every once in a while, I was like, "Do you know who I am? You better walk like a man." <laughs> <laughs> um, now, was this was this buff John Krasinski he was interviewing, or was this before he was buff? Uh, definitely when he was a Slim Jim. <laughs> Slim Jim <laughs> doing indie films. Uh, so yeah, uh, Conan was on the Smartless podcast, you know, with Sean Hayes. Lornette and uh, Jason Bateman. And so, yeah, he said he wanted to compile elements of SCTV and Pee Wee's Playhouse in a post-Letterman world. And then he wanted to bring a Warner Brothers cartoon influence as he was just fresh off writing Simpsons. So, yeah. Wow. You know what? what? He absolutely nailed that combo. Thanks. Because I did kind of get that same kind of off-kilter build. Like, because 
you know, you even see that with like even other crazy shows like, you know, Whose Lines It Anyway and even Robot oh, yeah. Chicken. Just the whole is like, okay, we're doing a sketch, but then we're going to the next one. It doesn't necessarily have to do with any of the shit you know, <laughs> that you saw before. And it's going to be a recurring deal. Uh, so, yeah, and there, uh, there was a time when Simpsons was good and Conan was a part of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> part of that zeitgeist. I think it, he only it, wrote for them for what, two years? But yeah, it was, but re- it was real early in the show's run. He, he wrote like some classic, classic episodes to where, or, you know, the animation wasn't quite there yet, but the voice right. was. And um, everything's kind of gone reverse. Like the humor at Simpsons was peak. The animation wasn't great. And now at like 180, the animation looks really good not that funny anymore <laughs> yeah they, they i don't know when i gave it up i, I definitely <laughs> a long time ago yeah it definitely was a decade ago uh probably the, the show- last time i laughed was when they <laughs> just had the simpsons on recently and conan was in animated form so boom <laughs> yes yeah i mean you know in the show's defense we haven't watched it in a long time maybe it got funny again but there was a time where i just gave up on it uh, a friend of mine uh, who does Nikolai's Kitchen, another podcast, uh, Nicholas Haskins. He's still Nicholas a Cage? huge. <laughs> no, Nick, he's the one. Nah, no Nicholas Cage in here. <laughs> Nick, the one who ran. Uh, yeah, yeah, the live, live stream, stream for the cure. For the cure. Uh, oh, wow. he is still a massive Simpsons fan. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. So okay, oh, so he'll, holds... he'll be with them till the day he dies. I'm sure. So it holds up for him. The Simpsons will go till he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then two other names I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, yes, please. Corey and I will definitely love both of these. Uh, one that interned for Conan and worked with Conan was Bob Odenkirk. Better yes. than Saul. Yeah. Uh, one of the lead writers. And yeah, everyone was always like, what was he doing? And uh, so, yeah, they knew each other back when they were on SNL. And yeah, uh, it was so funny hearing his interview because they're, you know, Bob's, you know, again, mega TV star and promoting nobody and, Conan yep. just jumps in and says, I know you're never really going to do a sequel. When am I going <laughs> to get the call to be the super villain in part two? And I don't know. He, I don't know. With can... all these bad action movie ideas, and it's like I'd watch <laughs> every know. single one of them just because Conan is fearless. He doesn't care if he oh, no. insults himself, no nope. offense someone, or. Yeah, unlike some hosts now, uh, late night hosts, Conan definitely has no problem poking fun at himself. Not at all. There's some that are there's there's a few of them that are like, I don't know, they're just their demeanor when they're interviewing people. It's kind of like holier than thou. Like I think of uh, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, like lo- probably I- the closest. Uh, and I mean, even Kimmel. I mean, yeah, even Kimmel if his, as well, if his skits were weak, I would still respect him because he would often be given just the stupidest, like lowest of the low, like crappy rappers or reality stars. And he would yep. kind of follow Conan's lead in that. <laughs> He was just gonna just troll him, just to say, "Well, you don't look like you really want to be here, do you?" you know? <laughs> so just, just really just stick it to him. And uh, Colbert definitely owes, you know, to, a lot to Conan by having his formerly writer Brian Stack, you know, on mm, as yeah. And I, I love how Brian, much like Conan, will interact in the skits. Like he'll introduce new impressions or be in heavy makeup and. Uh, he was immortalized for me in my favorite Conan skit, uh, the interrupter. <laughs> yeah. In the audience. Yeah, oh, totally. Like this guy oh, just yeah. comes out yeah. and just very bearded. It looks like a poor man's, you know, orange uh, colored Gandalf. <laughs> and he's just like, I am interrupting, you know, it's just like, and kind of like Monty Python, you just accept it. It doesn't matter if it, you know, 
makes any fucking difference. It, it, it is what it is. And you just <laughs> you go along with the ride. Cause yeah, it is like, we would see other people late at night. I, I, I was already just tired of Carson Daly who was coming on after Conan. Like the best part was the music, you know, in yeah. the last two minutes. <laughs> and that's not it worth staying up. And it, when you're and sending... Gordon plays it safe, I think had he not done, you know, karaoke, I don't oh, think carpool karaoke or whatever. I don't think anyone would fucking be watching otherwise. And yeah, I never really liked James Cor. Is it Gordon or Cor- Corden? Corden with a. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's been canceled. <laughs> canceled. You've been canceled. You've oh been come canceled. on, come on, guys! He was in that awesome Cats movie they made. No, he was. That's right. Right. James Batman, Judy, Judy Dench. Batman and Robin and uh, freaking uh, Battlestar Galactica got some serious competition. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the other name I wanted to mention was uh, also got temporarily canceled, but the man is so big. He's like so larger than life that you can't keep him down forever. The other one that interned was uh, Louis CK. Yeah. Also uh, yeah, was yeah. a writer for Conan, which Corey and I absolutely, l- l- I don't know if you can swear on this podcast. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. I, mean, fuck, fuck. Uh, I was going to say, Corey and I absolutely, absolutely fucking love Louis CK. Oh, yeah. He's probably oh, our, totally. both of our favorite comedian. Yeah, he's right up there with Bill Burr. Totally. Which, uh, you know, which uh, ironically is absolutely one of my favorite guests. Like, anytime he's ever been on Conan, I laugh my ass off. Him and Bill Burr just have this great rapport together. They do. I they love do. Uh, I think he just kind of got full of himself and just too political. And it was just one of those where it's like, dude, yeah, yeah. you'll be fine if you <laughs> just play it straight like you already are and right uh and so uh some other names uh Lori kilpatrick vanessa bayer from snl right. um mike berbiglia yeah hey. it was so funny seeing him be on because he talked about how it was like and paul sheer oh, okay. mike Bahuski. <laughs> yeah mike paul sheer is actually one of my slept on favorite people in everything he's in yeah, I love uh, how did this get made? The podcast I listen to every episode religiously. Yeah, even when they don't do their homework on the crazy movie, it is just great to hear his voice and yeah. see him and his wife June Diane Raphael do a bunch of different comedy TV appearances. Um, Paul June and Jason are like my idols in podcasting. I love them. <laughs> there, I, 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 I would die a very happy man if I even got to ever talk to any of them. Wasn't Conan your idol in podcasting? uh conan didn't really he isn't really a forefather of podcasts. no he's not in it for a long time conan kind of joined late right where where i love conan conan o'brien needs a friend it's great you know he started very late in the podcast Uh, yeah he he's always having various people like jack black and dana carvey on and then he'll have some other ones i was digging his talk with uh the singer amy mann i was just like wow they actually got real here they bullshitted less (laughs) this time and uh I love the unpredictability. Is yeah, like, he has a couple guests on that he gets real serious with. Uh, but, uh, his assistant my... Sonia yeah, just Sona, released Sona her no memoir, the worst assistant ever, and it's a hysterical <laughs> thing. Uh, again, just back and forth, and she's kind of pretty cool in her own right because she never expected to get this long running no. you know, assistant gig working TV. All none of them did. All of them were just average Joes, and it just I think that's the what makes it a little more real is like people who didn't expect to work in any kind of entertainment industry. And here they are. And yeah. right. uh, she was, she yeah. was even on one of his last guests on his show because uh, Kumail, yeah. Nanjiani, Kumail Nanjiani couldn't make it. Oh, so she came out yeah. and talked to him for like 12, 15 minutes. Man. It, 
thank you. I'm so what is based on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's funny that he does like that format of show because to me it feels very. If you guys have ever listened to, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. Oh yeah, obviously. Yes. Oh, obviously, God. Pete Holmes is goofy as hell, but they definitely like have moments during that show. He talks to them for like two hours. So they definitely have moments where they get really deep and they talk about Well, he's about another religion. one who worked for Conan for a while and that like idolizes the to me why yeah. his show on TBS was afterwards and, you know, yeah. Conan was executive producer. Conan literally got on that show, yeah. Conan loves Pete Holmes. Yeah, it does. He, I think that's why everyone else also kind of likes him because, like, you know, he married into a gal who was, like, doing, like, working at an insurance firm, and as a result of that marriage, he's now, a, like, a distant cousin of Dennis Leary, but yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, it, they're, they're all, they've all been in so many different parts of the industry, they've all, I mean, he wrote a freaking, like, TV pilot that didn't get picked up that had Adam West <laughs> yes, like, as a private eye, and you guys can YouTube <laughs> that, and you'll instantly see a ton of just, like, total, is like, this could have been a Conan skit, and oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that one that one episode that didn't get picked up it's become like a cult classic now amongst conan fans <laughs> yeah he, he definitely has a lot of his fo folklore even just a simple like phrases he would use like would just be get instantly like picked up like i remember when he used the word crunk and took yeah. a total different form like just to get drunk and cool at the same time or some bullshit let's mash it together see what happens you get crunk <laughs> you get crunk <laughs> uh uh it, when he hosted i think it was uh the emmys that one time and he was like oh, jumping off a plane it was expensive yes. as all get out and i remember like someone complained like the like on the east coast or some shit before it even aired because of there had been a plane is like no you idiots this was in the can a long time ago do you think they just did this live but i love how he's like going around and he's sabotaging a bunch of other tv shows he's trolling jack bauer on 24 and he's like me 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 me, me keeper shut up <laughs> and uh and then he go like walks into another room and next thing you know he's on an episode of how to, to catch a predator <laughs> I, i'll never forget i could tell some of those code names had taken off because there was a few youtube channels that were always uploading coding clips and one of them was the name he is dubbed by chris hansen called cone bone 69 <laughs> <laughs> i just loved it he walks in and he almost all, totally looks like a predator without realizing he looks like a predator he's like what am i doing here oh that my camera I'm used that, to had that. To, that had to have been conan's idea because he's always making jokes that he looks like a predator yeah, oh yeah. well and you, you, if you've heard his podcast don't you love how he's always talking about it? it's like i just listen to true crime podcasts because i just want to know how easy is it to murder? Yeah. <laughs> he loves to play that out there. If there's no body count. I don't want to watch this damn movie. It's boring. <laughs> why, don't, why, don't, why don't you have a seat, Conan? Would you like a slice of pizza? <laughs> no, no. Who are you? How about, how about some sweet tea? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. So, so uh, Scott Thompson, the kids in the hall, also did some earlier skits. Uh, Skylar Hiley was a comedian who later worked for Conan for six months post-COVID happening previously worked for the onion uh and he was the a cool onion comedian. is that still a thing yeah it is uh, that, that's uh, the, a, the satirical mm -hmm. oh wow the onion still exists huh? it, it's wild uh oh <laughs> uh, man so jp bucks was another one he 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 was the booking agent uh, booking talent stand-up talent for conan who would do like five ten minutes and uh he was doing much of the same 
during a 90s reboot of Star Search and was previously a private PA for Mariah Carey in 96. <laughs> oh, really? Jeez. And it was so funny hearing him on the show. He's like, I literally can't talk about this without getting sued. <laughs> but I'll just say I hated every minute of it. But Andrew Weinberg was one of the experts who would find all the Walker Texas Ranger clips in the pull the lever sketch and he hated it but he yeah he first worked as a research assistant intern after his mother who worked in daytime tv suggested he try interning on his favorite show and he later created co-created eagle heart uh, with mike cohen which was pitched as larry saunders meets walker texas ranger you guys might have seen that chris elliott adult swim show but yeah that was a conan joint and <laughs> oh man so yeah robert smeagol also you know, when he wasn't doing the Triumph interviews or going back and riding for TV Funhouse on SNL, he would do a lot of the clutch cargo or cardboard cutouts where they'd put a famous celeb and he would be like the mouth that was moving. And oh, yeah, yeah. he did the various presidents and Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> sometimes the, fr some... the Friends cast when the show was over. I, I need to rewatch that. So here's one that does not get talked about. No, why does no one remember the hysterical like Jeff Goldblum sketch where he would just show up and just like Conan would tell him something, they'd cut to his reaction, and basically he turns into like an evil version of himself and he's just throwing trays everywhere. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> it was oh, I think I think most of the world refuses to acknowledge that Jeff Goldblum has that in him. Yeah, yeah. he'd totally be a serial killer. Bro, Jeff to. Jeff Goldblum, like the man is way more of a character than any character he's ever played. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. They, they yeah. should just let Jeff Goldblum play Jeff oh, Goldblum in a oh, movie. I, I like I like what you're wearing there. Conan does his impression like, oh, oh. Jeff Goldblum's just like, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't he good, folks? Isn't he so good? <laughs> I think that man genuinely loves Conan O'Brien. Yeah, he does. Oh, man. What'd you do to your thumbnail there? Uh? <laughs> he said in the one thing that he has dinner with Jeff Goldblum more than any other celebrity that he knows. Oh, did he? Yep. Yeah, he loves Timothy Oliphant, but he definitely loves freaking <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Uh, uh, Will Arnett. Will Arnett is with him a lot. Right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, not who's the other one? Will Arnett's like he was in Arrested. Oh, uh, Will Arnett with, is with totally Will Arnett. a serial killer. Jason Bateman. <laughs> oh, Jason Bateman. <laughs> oh, Will, Will Arnett. Arnett. But he's scary. I know, but uh, yeah. but he is so scary. <laughs> when he Wait, was... he, he's he's literally Dracula. <laughs> that I would pay to see that. I really would. I would pay to see Colin Arnett as a vampire. You don't have to pay to see Will Arnett as a vampire because next year Nicolas Cage is going to be Dracula. So uh, yes. Let's wait. Finally. <laughs> what everybody's been asking for for all years. we need. Yeah, all we need now is his Superman movie to come out. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Kevin Smith could make it happen still. Yes, we still talked about Nicolas Cage. I love it. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> always. Oh I've, man! Think, that man, that man has an unbearable talent. Yeah, he does. Man, man. Man, man. Yeah, I think my, I think my favorite, like, uh, they did used to do that for a while, where they would take all his WTF moments from. <laughs> I think my favorite uh, running gag on Conan is probably every time that Paul Rudd comes in. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for those who don't know, he, anytime Paul Rudd was on, it started like in like I think. Was it the late 90s or 2000s? It was the late article. 90s. Okay. And they, they had access to all kinds of junk that was just shown on movie channels <laughs> and cable TV. And they took one from the infamous 
Macanini, which was an ET, you know, knockoff and <laughs> recently featured on Mystery Science Theater. And, and one of the worst scenes in that movie, too. Right. Just take a random scene where someone in a wheelchair is just falling off a cliff. And they, <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, Dave Letterman would do a few different things like that. I remember yeah. when Real Still had come out and Hugh Jackman was the guest. And yep. they play a random clip of like, like from a, like a 50s B picture of two giant <laughs> robots fighting each other, you know, guys in suits. And it was like, see, real still, everyone, go see it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it was a total just throwing them for a loop where he's like, oh, okay, that, I guess that's what's going in the can. Um, uh, yeah, and Paul Rudd always sets it up like he's showing him a clip from his newest movie. He has learned to play along. Case, yeah. He's always, I mean, you got all the horror movie things in the background for god's sakes for a guy who yeah was in all kinds of crazy just nutty dating comedies directed video movies even i think halloween <laughs> five you know yeah I yes think, he was and friends i think yeah paul is game for anything that's why he's just so lovable i mean i did not ex- for the longest time i did not put two and two together it's like he's sex panther on anchorman oh wow <laughs> he sure is brian um, fantana brian mm-hmm. fantana oh man what a legend 60% of the time it works every time every time I w- have you guys seen his latest uh getting Conan with that clip I- I'm that- sure I did I don't remember how any of them end because I'm it's- always just phone for a loop like when are they going to show the clip when are they going to show the clip ah oh, they showed the clip they showed well, the clip well it's actually it wasn't even video this time he was on Conan's podcast oh Jesus and played it during the podcast just the audio all you heard was the audio and then I Conan goes I, did. I didn't think you were going to do that on an audio format wow you still oh, did it man that's taking it to the next level <laughs> it is great seeing them in the studio because they do have a larger than life thing and you might as well be in there with them because it's just getting very intimate one minute and then the next minute just it is just it's always even better just hearing conan curse when he, when he can't say on tv and yeah uh, he has it is a little weird off-putting almost you're right conan oh no but yeah <laughs> it is you even hear even more bloopers on some of the various videos he's uploaded. I mean, there's so many much leftover footage. So he definitely made great use of viral video. I love how he's gone uh, in recent years. He was just traveling to different countries and I can't wait for the launch. So I see so many others who are like, Oh, he's off the air. I'm like, for now, he's still got an HBO max show in the works and he's going to figure out a safer audience, but he's set for life. And uh, I think I think Conan, I think Conan was definitely ahead of the curve, knowing that like cable TV is kind of dying off. Yeah, he 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 got out at the right time. Yeah, with streaming services, like it's almost becoming obsolete. Yeah, he was always in danger of cancellation, but then you know, it was his budget was always in, in view. Even one of the guys that they had this other prick that they mentioned recently, who basically their job was to just pretty much just uh, micromanage. Uh, even though that wasn't even the extent of his powers he was just there to just make sure it was getting done on time and give him studio notes but he got to where he's like no one fucking watches your show you know just be a real dick bag <laughs> and then next thing you know he's going to like the guy's going to his like uh son's like college summer camp or something and he asked him yeah so what are you watching right now surely you're watching carolyn in the city or jag you know the major <laughs> shows and uh, the kids repeatedly are saying no where we're watching this guy called Conan. He he's so it's a great laugh before bedtime. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I think, yeah, like you say, he did kind of create his own 
depth of a cult underground kind of scene because yeah it that was kind of just you looked forward to kind of wanting to stay up and he wasn't too naughty to where you're like uh oh i better not you know do this right. in front of adults and at the same time i mean just just infectious just really great at just being a magnet and just gluing everyone in and so whenever i mean i didn't watch the mtv movie awards for the longest time but when he hosted that one year i want to say uh 2012 or some shit like that i was down it's like i will put up with all this other crap because he doesn't take it seriously it's just like when seth mcfarland was at the oscars you loved it because they're like the anti-host they're just coming on in and larger than life persona and even the execs are gonna gladly let them talk shit because they're just glad to have a famous you know persona generating ratings and uh yeah yeah he just handled all the weird interviews very well and all his writers would often just be uh, just consistent with each other is like okay I'll be in your crazy skit and no one knows it's going to work until they try it out and uh, Frank Smiley would play hotel room trashing Mother Teresa <laughs> Michael <laughs> Gordon was uh, uh, the masturbating bear and then uh, they, they were hysterical because they talked about like the only two interviews that went south were Eartha Kit from original Batman and filmmaker Abel Ferreira <laughs> Oh, okay. Brian McCann uh, played Money Shot Lincoln, and he was so blown away when he found out there was a rock band that had named themselves after it, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, There's man. a lot of people out there that love Conan. And I don't know what the obsession was with all Abraham Lincoln, because uh, Mike Sweeney would also be in one where Abraham Lincoln is just going around kissing dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny because his kids would recognize it because the show was like in like replayed on other channels <laughs> he would be in the promos and they're like daddy is that you he's like why are you kissing the guy are you unfaithful to mom <laughs> he would be like oh, <laughs> well me and mommy thing. have a deal we have a deal i get paid <laughs> <laughs> i'm when, on what's called a hall pass <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, when man. when uh conan started too when they handed him the reins they did not want him to have Andy Richter on the couch. No, they didn't. They and, wanted and, him to kill that completely. Conan had like, and they'd all done like kinds of movies too. Conan is like uh, one of the extras in like the Coneheads film and Andy had worked on Cabin Boy. <laughs> That's where they yeah. met Chris Elliott. Uh, yes. But yeah. And they're like, who the fuck is this unknown name Andy? And I think Andy's Richter's uh, two sitcoms have become kind of cult shows in their own right his controls the universe which he did with yeah. forget brewster and he had her on recently to talk about it and uh, that one where he's like the mock private eye was very funny he's <laughs> he was making fun of all kinds of sitcoms and all other sorts of meta stuff and just uh I, you can't blame any of them for not for even just sticking with conan for a while it's like it's paying the bills and they get the freedom to kind of they get the most freedom out of anything else because like Andy got so sick of just dealing with executives and having to tell them, it's like, are you just going to give me money to make something funny or not? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, one of the other head writers, I forget his name, was like a showrunner on like other sitcoms, like, like just shoot me. And Andy was talking about how he went there one time and he hated the whole, you know, just studio audience uh, that's set up at a sitcom versus late night where it's all yeah. authentic because uh basically before there's even a studio audience and you know producers go out to tell people to laugh there's like uh producers and writers would be during the first rehearsal and they would start saying laugh 
you know, first their laughter and Annie would be like, well, that doesn't sound funny. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, he noted how uh, one of his earliest gigs uh, and he was at a TV pilot rehearsal and it was like a sitcom where Jeff Garland played a cop and in the studio audience was Kate Flannery, you know, Meredith from the office and Bob Odenkirk before they became better known. Yep. And uh, he, he, it was interesting how he was meeting all those familiar faces there because you know, again, he never expected to be the wingman for Conan. And next thing you know, he's getting a notes like he should be a spy. Keep an eye on that guy, Conan. And it's like, no, he's my friend now. <laughs> I'm loyal to him. And it is uh, uh, the funniest thing, though, was having from the E Street band, you know, and Bruce Springsteen, uh, Max Weinberg, you know, the drummer, yeah. assemble his band because he only met Conan after meeting him. Like he stopped Conan at a stoplight. Because he remembered him pre-show from a Tom Snyder interview, <laughs> like oh, okay. and Conan had him book an interview with producer Jeff Ross, and Max did not have a band yet, but he remembered this guy, this little known guy, uh, <laughs> from a record he had that, done that puts me in my show, uh, that was known as Jimmy Vivino, and that's how the late band formed. And it's like prior to that, they were just again, you know, getting booked for music stuff with Jim Pitt and weddings, and Max is like. I think we're set for life. <laughs> I loved how right. he would interact half the time because he literally was on 30 Rock all the time, like using their gym and <laughs> had all their own dirty jokes going back and forth. <laughs> that puts me in mind of, uh, did you hear Conan's story? Like about like, you know how he went on tour for those seven months because he wasn't allowed to be on television. Yeah. Yeah. Just so when he went on tour, I guess, insulting, uh, but I loved seeing those clips and the documentary can't stop just talking yeah. about, I guess, uh, I guess on one of, on one of his appearances, somebody told him, did you hear about this? That Neil Young was in the audience <laughs> and, and Conan said like, he never gets nervous anymore, but he was terrified. Cause like he's playing guitar in front of Neil Young. And he said, <laughs> yeah. like, right, right when he's getting ready to do a solo, he said, he looks up in the crowd and there's just this perfect beam of light, like right on Neil Young's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, Conan he was terrified. Meta. You could tell his people were doing the perfect kind of scouting. And I, I loved how it would get even more meta. Like he would do the whole, um, like, if he didn't like a sketch that they had done, it's like he would just flat out just say, wow, I wonder who thought that was funny. You know, he would always right. just kind of do it, like be a meta dick. And it was like, that was great. And yeah. <laughs> like you said, it, it, I was getting just so sick of Jay Leno during that time because NBC wanted him for the ratings and yet he didn't really want to do it, but he couldn't say no to the money. And I was like, Jay, you're past your prime. And yeah. Uh, did you ever have other people in your family who didn't care for him? I had grandparents who loved all kinds of comedy. And for whatever reason, they did not get or like Conan. They just thought he was random and stupid. And I I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, Conan. Uh, I, I guess I guess I could say that Conan's an acquired taste. He's a lot. He's he's like more high energy than a lot of your traditional there's Johnny Carson, dude, David Letterman. There's this dude on IMDb who for the longest time there was like every once in a while people would troll and say Conan he needs to give it up back in the, when IMDb was finally you know getting put away. Yeah. I was like, are you for real? They I would say see, Conan needs to give it up. Yeah, I I, I don't. I, I, perhaps you mean Jay Leno? <laughs> yeah, right. I think you got the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should give it up. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Leno there. <laughs> 
uh, Jimmy Kimmel even said it, I think, at best. It's just Conan, both he and Conan did not approach this as a rivalry like Letterman and Leno did, where oh, they yeah. would st- still oh, each other's... Letterman Jay- and Leno hate each other. Yeah, uh, I think it was like Letterman did the whole skits where he would interview random people in New York, and Leno started doing that, and he did his own take on it. It was jaywalking, and I mean, there's been yep. plenty of movies that have talked about the late night wars, and I mean... Oh, yeah. Uh, that that's why Gary Shanley came up with Larry Saunders. He's like, I don't want to be a late night host. <laughs> I got to be scripted. So that's why I'll do a show that yeah. makes fun of uh, Letterman Leno-esque, you know, persona, you know. Yes. And one of the funniest moments in late night history was uh, when Jay Leno had Jimmy Kimmel on, like on that big screen. He's like, what, what's, uh, what's the funniest prank you ever pulled on someone? Jimmy Kimmel's like, oh, I know. Once I told this guy, that I would give him my show in five years. And then I took it back after six months. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jay, Jay's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Damn. A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of other hosts really hated Jay Leno for doing that. Most, yeah. Most late night hosts came to bat for Conan. Like yeah. they were almost all on his side. Yeah. And even when Conan was even appearing on other shows, he re- he really didn't need to do it. And it kind of helped that Letterman would like when he was signing off and moving to his new block, you know, moving from, uh, I think it was NBC to CBS. Hey, hey, he gave Conan a great like tribute, like in the first in his like last episode where he's like, "I haven't met that Conan guy. I hear he's a nice guy. Yeah. But next time you meet him, you might ask him why he shot that one guy." <laughs> so it's like this is a great intro. I just literally just <laughs> have, have all these questions and just outrageous. Just <laughs> I love I love when Conan had to do like. He was told that Jalen was taking the show back and he still had to do like a month worth of shows. Yes. Yeah. And, and Norm McDonald came on with a welcome oh, basket. Yes. <laughs> that was one of my favorite skits of all time because Norm he, like, the letter was just like congratulating Norm's, him. It'll Norm's never like, go uh, away. You'll always have this show. <laughs> Norm's that like, was kind uh, of should, I, should I still read this? Yeah. Gunner's <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I just got fired by SNL. And that, that's the other, you, you know, what's ironic is, oh, uh, uh, the the asshole who fired Norm, you know, who pressured Lauren to f- fire him from SNL because he was yeah. friends with OJ. That 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 dick was apparently, you know, just always putting people on the spot. And Conan only met him like that one time where he's like, "You're gonna be a star now, right?" You know, <laughs> but <laughs> right meaning that you're not gonna say no, are you? And so it's just so funny. And much like anyone who he'd put people on the spot and then be so mad when he would see the product and not like what he saw. And it is just so funny how just all these characters have just kind of finally taken a hike, but yeah, Norm was just great when he got on during the TBS era Conan, because basically, yeah, he just, Norm's probably my favorite guest like that was ever on Conan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I just resaw the one skit where he's saying, I'll see Conan. I think I'd make a great late night host. And they just totally play along with it. Yeah, right. In, and Fred Willard is like the guest and he's shaking everyone's head. And yeah, this is like, we're totally not rehearsed. Totally not. Rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. We'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as... 
Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR, we add them to our queues, we wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays, we time shift. The Time Shifters podcast, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S., we are in the U.K., we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Norm McDonald. Hey, where's Billy? Dude, he's I really cool. cried inside oh, yeah. so much. Uh, I think it was like the SNL Nerds podcast who did a really great tribute to him, and they they they, they were, you know, reanalyzing his, his movie Dirty Work as well as... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, his short-lived TV shows and what, much like Conan, they were the same kind of mind, this meta-meta stuff, as well as just what they got away with, you know, was just, right. they didn't rely on even just profanity. Like, you could tell them, okay, not, 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 you can't say this word and that word, and they would work around it. And I mean, uh, going back to your earlier point, when Conan found out he was, you know, being rescheduled and fucked over by NBC, I loved how he got even more just intrusive at that time where he would just bring in an expensive car and he's like, (laughs) and he's like, that's NBC's money burning on the street. That doesn't even have anything with the shit that we're going to do late night tonight. And yeah, he's like all week we've been introducing uh, these expensive jokes and he's like, and they're not even funny, but they are expensive. (laughs) Oh yeah. They are expensive. And yeah, like the horse and a snuggie. Yeah, he wouldn't even mention him by name, but he's the like McLaren. <laughs> the McLaren. He brought in the fucking two hundred thousand dollar car or something. Just to rub it in. And yep. I'm sure everyone was say, thinking that behind the scenes, like, hey, I mean, if they're going to cancel this, might as well just use their money and send a message. And I love oh, how yeah. they, he was that able was to. Exactly why they did that. Uh, it kind of sucked how Paramount, you know, did that with Colbert. He has to ask them permission to use his. Colbert report alter ego at times and like that's some dog shit but I, I love that how is. Conan was able to finally buy back his whole library and upload his very first episode yeah. on TVS and yeah because uh, for a long time there that was all hidden behind a wall he couldn't get to they kept removing the clips fans yeah. kept re-uploading them and goddamn pay to win bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and pay to win oh wait this isn't a video game episode yes it is oh, <laughs> oh Corey speaking of video games 
I'm surprised you haven't brought up another one of your favorite Conan segments. Gamer segment on TBS. Clueless Gamer is Clueless Gamer. one of my favorite segments he does. That's where I thought you were going right away. Who's, when he the, asked who's the moderator in that who's helping him with the game? <laughs> oh, uh, 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 I've only seen him in that segment. Uh, I think he's another one of the feature Blake, I need to get him on the show. He'd be a great Crap, interview. What is his name? But he, he just does, plays so great. Just you're seeing Conan play everything. He's an executive producer. He he does the uh, Inside Conan podcast. Oh, okay. So Blay, Maddie Blay. Blay. Okay, perfect. Yes, he's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, and you're seeing Conan play all kinds of games. He was playing like the newest Hitman video yeah. game, and he's like, "Well, that's not where I would hide a body." <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. he's playing the newest Tomb Raider, and he's just uh, he's uh, just perving uh, out. Yeah, oh, I, I love how everyone's just like, oh, what, what are you doing? You're just circling that, around. It's yeah. like, I'm just the per- enjoying he, the view. Oh. He comes back and says, the producers have told me I have to stop perving out so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, each time like, he makes a jump, he, he almost always gets the character impelled in like one of the many death traps. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so many like, obviously there's like PewDiePie and Markiplier and Jacksepticeye and all those people. <laughs> but like, I would, I would pay good money to watch Conan play through a whole game with his commentary. Oh, me too. <laughs> I, I would love you... to see him do movie commentaries even oh like, yeah yeah science theater style or just show up as like i didn't work on this movie i might right. be playing myself as a talk show host in that one corner but that's it <laughs> somebody asked him one time about uh, they said uh, what was it like working this is a conference or uh, like a thing he had at google years and years ago <laughs> he was speaking in front of google workers but like someone asked him like so what's it like to work with the comedy legends terrence and philip <laughs> in the south park movie oh my god conan conan's like funny enough i didn't even know i was in that movie <laughs> he, he said he like he opened up the usa today like a week later and they were reviewing south park and like showing all the cast and yeah. who played them and he looked at conan o'brien's like what the fuck <laughs> yeah man they don't they don't care Prince spiner from freaking you know data and star trek and phenomenon did one hell of a job playing him in that movie because yeah yeah kind of go instead of just trying to capture his voice he kind of goes for that yeah yeah just <laughs> yeah he does low-pitched I, voice kind of like I, on tv funhouse and know? i guess i guess the guy that was doing it uh he told trey parker and matt stone matt stone right matt stone yeah yeah trey Park- he told trey parker and matt stone he said oh guys i do the best conan impression and then he got in the sound booth and started recording they're like what the hell is that <laughs> and they're like well it's too late now might as well just go with it <laughs> he snuck his way into a job it's fine yeah but the way conan the way conan explains it at the conference like he's so good at taking subject matter that shouldn't be funny but it's just the way he delivers it He's just, yeah he's anyone else would seem like a perv or anything uh, like when he's going around to like famous like <laughs> sexy celebrities houses that was always funny because like he, he was playing on it is like i'm not stalking but i kind of want to be here in the house with you you know and <laughs> uh, he he does it in a way where again everyone knows he's in on the joke it's never right. you know because like i think boston legal is a perfect movie a tv show example there's so many other shows now where they're just bound to get into all these cancel culture wars because uh, they're just either go too far for any person's comfort or they just don't warn enough idiots you know ahead of time it's like we're gonna be crazy over the top and i think he just has the perfect line of you know something crazy is gonna go down you don't know when or where but you know even the most stubborn person knows what they're in for you know? right <laughs> you're goofy enough and yeah uh, and when- when he's uh 
when he's talking about the South Park movie, though, the way he says it so casually just made me bust up laughing. He's like, no, no, but it's a lovely little segment. He's like, you know, in the movie, they just come on my show to talk about their new movie, and I commit suicide. <laughs> 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 just the way he says it. Like, it shouldn't be funny, but he knows what he's doing. He makes it hilarious. You know, has he had the South Park guys on his show? I thought he had them. I know the Daily Show had him on. I don't know. He's he's definitely. They haven't been on a lot of shows, actually. Yeah, he said he's gotten to know them since that movie came out, and he loves them. But I don't know if they've ever been on a show. They don't do a lot of interviews. That's why that was such a big deal when they did that uh, that short documentary about the one episode, the human centipede episode. (laughs) Uh, That was why it was such a big deal that came out because they don't uh, typically share their like the Wachowskis. They're very private. Yeah, they just want to be left to their device instead of. Okay, I do see one appearance with them in 2004 with them and one in 2019. So they've been on a few times okay, with so them. They've been on. So they must really like them. Okay, so the 2019 one must have been, has to be the, the Daily Show appearance. And maybe they were on Kimmel late at night, but yeah. Yeah, there's maybe. one with Conan too, January 19th. Oh, okay, so there you go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll check them out. But, yeah. Uh, there's plenty of sites where you can watch a lot of these movies and shows on here. <laughs> I'm sure... HBO Max has most of his great appearances. Obviously, you can get stuck, uh, and I've done it before, just watching endless Who's Line and Conan clips without even meaning oh, to. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, even if they have the most unrelated like tags, they're going to come up, and you'll watch it just because it is just so anti-TV in a way. like Kind of mm-hmm. like Tim and Eric were just oh, yeah. a bizarre addition to Adult Swim where they're the equivalent of TV you would watch in hell and some people would be like I get what they're going for I just still hate them and other people are like ah, I love this and I think yeah. Conan is just kind of critic proof even though there's so many who praise him and, and many comedians will even note that they would even just be watching him and find him inspiring that that I think is the real kicker here is like no one knows who inspires the other until years later and I think yeah. he just again the fearlessness, the self-deprecating style, the just let's just go gun it, let's go for it. Even if it doesn't work, it works. <laughs> People tend to forget that because he's such a silly goofball, that he's a Harvard graduated, very yeah. intelligent man. Yeah. It, People it, tend to forget that because he's so good at acting the fool. Uh, yeah, he's the educated buffoon where yes. he <laughs> and I you know, even other talk show hosts, guys, are kind of reluctant to even parody themselves. And I mean, he had to. He's got the crazy orange hair, <laughs> the long very limbs. athletic, where he's making him look like he's like in over pretending to be in overalls and he's being puppeteered. He just he does <laughs> all these skin, other things. His skin literally bursts into flames if he goes that's outside. That's right. String dance. <laughs> People keep saying he looks like Tilda Swinton in other countries, <laughs> <laughs> which he does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Conan, hilarious, but I mean, when he turns it on and he wants to be serious, he's great at that too. Like that, uh, 2011, a loop. <laughs> that 2011, that Dartmouth commencement speech, he yes, did, still one of my favorite things I've ever watched. I, I've gone back and watched it a few times if when I'm feeling like I need inspiration, right? That and uh, Jim Carrey had a really good one too. Yes, he did. I, I did not expect him to be the master painting, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, I did see that. That's even on his Team Coco site. <laughs> Team Coco. Oh, man. You know I who mean, gave him that nickname, right? I, it's been Tom, a minute. Tom Hanks. 
That's wow. right. Yes. He was the first one to call him Coco. And, and Conan he was one did of the not first like to it. Congratulate him. <laughs> he was. Conan didn't like it, but it stuck. So it's Coco now. Well, that's because uh, Conan always steers into the things he doesn't like. Of course, right? Yeah. And that, that's so true, too, because like that's improv as a whole is like yep. if you negate, then you got no material. And he's just like, that's terrible. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> of course, I'm awful at it. When but you actually get laugh. angry or defensive or something like that's not funny. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Those are the people that just don't make it. You're right. They don't get it. Well, And he never and he does give credit where credit's due. He never he never fell victim to that. He gave everyone their due. He'd always be like, let's try another show out with you, you know. For yeah, adult yeah. swim or what have you and he would bring them out and often ha- have them be like talking with other people and that was hysterical because you know they'd make their awkwardness work or yeah. what have you and yeah. one thing he's always been amazing at is he's had a lot of unknown comedians come on and give five minutes he's very so good to stand up comedians him. so have yeah. i like one of the funniest things that's ever happened on that show and it's really i can't even watch the whole five minute clip because it's annoying but it's so funny that he had uh john door and um adam pally out and they did a whole five minute set right beside each other and you couldn't hear what either of them were saying because they were both talking the whole five minutes it was hilarious but it's not funny at the same time right he he knew that was going to be funny because they did the whole five minute set (laughs) Yeah, he couldn't understand either of them. Yeah, see, that's the genius of Conan. Like, that's yeah. not a good idea, but that's what makes it hilarious. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just try out shitty ideas. <laughs> Two comedians doing a routine right beside each yeah. other. That's Mr. hilarious. Um, how about when he took Mr. T to, like, to the cherry orchard? And, like, that's yeah. the skit. I'm having a crazy <laughs> celeb, and we're just going around at a random, like, <laughs> village that makes different kinds of apples. <laughs> right. Crops. How about when he fucking went down to Mexico and asked and told them like, so uh, Trump said you guys are paying for the wall. Like he was interviewing. That yeah. was great. Conan's yeah. like, do you want to donate to the wall fund? The one guy like gave it a middle finger. Like, that was great. Conan's got some balls to go right to Mexico and be like, so Trump said you're paying for the wall. <laughs> he goes to, yeah, he, he, he ends up on one of their telenovelas. Yeah. He goes to Israel and the guy who's yep. like the, yep. In the hit TV Netflix show, Fada casts him as like a terrorist suspect. <laughs> we interrogate him one episode. Um, He's got uh, some balls. How about when uh, he and Stephen Wynn from The Walking Dead decide to like oh, cross yeah. the North South Korea border? And you can even see the guards are cracking up. It's like, nope, nope, can't let you in. Nope, nope. I know what you're doing, but nope, don't let anyone in. Um, uh, and who can forget when they're in? Uh, they're in Japan and. He's just saying just all kinds of awful stuff. And every time, like, one of the entertainment ladies goes, <laughs> he's like, I just said you're going to get murdered. <laughs> I just said this is a very stereotypical dragon lady area. <laughs> it just keeps clapping. It's like she so does not know what I'm saying, but yeah, I'll, I'll work he, with it. He, he, he walks the line between offensive and and hilarious so closely like he's a brilliant brilliant man he knows, he knows exactly how to walk where it to back stop. too he knows how to be the butt of the joke he knows how to exactly just, he always he, brings it back to himself so no matter what he says you kind of don't take it wrong it, it wasn't like when you would see like i'd be checking out every once in a while at the grocery store and every once in a while i'd encounter someone who thought like 
like Stephen Colbert kind of did that where he's like I'm doing a voice of myself and then I'm playing a character and I would see people who would take the character way too seriously like oh he's a conservative like us I'm like no that you've totally missed the joke and Conan knows how to play a character play a larger than life persona and then at the same time like you say just t- take a beat and then just sometimes even as simple as just looking at the camera like you know <laughs> straight face like what am i what did i just put myself in <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> right instead of like divide the audience and i think he also just loves just any kind of comedy any kind of dramatically rewarding movie and it, he and kimmel would even in their interview i think it was back in like 28 19 or something they had a hysterical chat where they were talking about how you know Kimmel had come from radio and Conan again you know I'd just been a comedy writer was given a chance and wanted to be atypical and uh, they talked about how (laughs) such a bawling out chat that that how basically uh, you know if they hadn't seen a movie that you know their guest was in you know Kimmel had the chance of at least watching a clip and Conan would just kind of be like well you know he, he didn't want to bullshit he just like I haven't seen your movie, but people right. tell me you're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something he would do. Just, he just totally just put that in their face. It's like people tell me you're one hell of a guy. I haven't seen this movie. Why <laughs> should I see it? You know, because he's just, he's just never excellent. he's just never fake. No, he's he's not going to tell anybody. I love this if he doesn't love it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's not a uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fallon was really bad he had like a few different guests i, I think he had keeper sutherland on and he was talking about designated survivor and keeper just gets so bored with his style halfway in and, and just yeah starts chuckling and says you haven't seen my show have you <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, fallon the- has no answer for anything like, i remember when he was wrapping up and he had the muppets on or something i'm like the muppets are the best part of the show because jimmy's just being such a crybaby right now and you know yeah and just when he's being rescheduled and everything and again mm. just that fucking laughing at your own jokes before you tell him like dude like if conan oh, was yeah, laughing at something the- before it was out he would make it's- it work and explain i've fucked it up but here the we're only- gonna show the joke to you anyway because we got to fill the time the <laughs> only time you see conan laugh before he tells a joke is when he's like i don't even know if i should say this out loud right like he'll laugh that like, is the best like, part Jesus yeah. Christ. saying it straight face yeah. and it doesn't matter how many rehearsals he'll even make it work into that way. He's just like, this is not, this is going to make you squint and wonder what we're doing. I really don't know what we're doing. So (laughs) play the clip. (laughs) Just think the tonight show had Conan O'Brien and they screwed him over. So their reward was Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) They could have had Conan O'Brien still on the tonight show rocking it. Uh, and you know what? I'm really glad that happened because TBS's Conan was better, way better than what he had yeah. in the late night. He was yeah. able to get a little edgier there. I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, he he was even in a Roger Corman sci-fi channel movie. And I love how they <laughs> talked about the sketch. It's like you get to be eaten by an alligator and you're uncredited. <laughs> oh, you know he's excited for that. He was so excited for that. <laughs> I mean, just how they opened up first episode and he's like mocking the Godfather and he's getting like machine gunned. <laughs> right. <laughs> what other talk show host does that? Anyone else is like afraid <laughs> to put themselves in the spotlight. They just want want to cut. And I mean, yeah, it's just, 
Because you would see other people do that, and they would be get hypocritical after a while. Like Jay Leno got so desperate for ratings, he started breaking his own "I don't curse" rule, and I was like, yeah. "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought you said, <laughs> you know, go to this <laughs> kind of comment." I'll, I'll give, I'll give. Jay... Yeah, I say the fuck word now. I do, I do, I say it. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give, I'll give Jimmy Fallon one thing and one thing only. What's up? I like the games he plays on his show. Oh yeah. A lot of the stuff he does, like the Plinko drink board. And his moderator's good. He was on a MTV show with, like, John Stewart back in the day. But, yeah, it's just, like, the rest of his – you're you're watching Fallon for his guests and his games. Like, you're not watching – like You're not watching Fallon for uh, for Fallon. His interview is not compelling. No, he's not a great inter- – he, he, he doesn't – He can't not, even get a word in. and He, he seems yeah. like a fun guy. Like, I would hang out with him probably. Like, yeah, he yeah. seems fun. Oh, yeah. But as an interviewer, he's just not that talented. Yeah, because I mean, it's like – That's how like, he was on SNL. He was just – They needed an extra guy, and he – He, he broke during every skip. <laughs> oh, everyone. But, uh, yeah. There's many like, videos out there of him just breaking. Because, like, <laughs> it's a late-night show, it's not just, like, a conversation. It's, like, a conversation, like, performance – you have to make it funny. Yeah. And I don't think Fallon's good at like the improv and conversation, like making comedy out of it. Yeah. It's like, it's like Fallon's still a five-year-old who got that toy. He wanted. <laughs> You're like, right. Holy shit. It's mine. One that like, comes he's to still mind. So excited. Uh, one that comes to mind, of course, since we were talking about Louis CK is when he's on there. And did you see this one where Louis CK is talking about like how napping is his favorite thing? Yes. And Jimmy, Fallon's like, Jimmy yeah. Fallon's like even more than sleep. Louis CK just looks at him. He's like, that that's really dumb that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just like killed the joke with a really dumb question and that's just it. it yeah he is that guy who's just like he has some okay ideas but yeah then you bring it in and you're like no <laughs> dude you, you literally killed everyone's momentum because you just that's what he does sometimes the barrel. he kills momentum <laughs> yeah louis ck he was just dumbfounded he's just looking at him he's like wow that's no that's really dumb what i mean is that. a concussion or getting knocked out no <laughs> he's like sleep is the ultimate nap like which i get i get what he was going for but at least just roasted him <laughs> which he's wanted to do Okay. It seems like that's been my other problem too. Is some of the guys who were kind of great at just peeling layers were kind of assholes behind the scenes or got canceled. And then there's other ones who it's like uh, they got too jerky for their own good. But it's a shame because they really did make some groundbreaking comedy at the same oh, yeah. time. Whereas like they're just showing how the depressing reality of it, and that's what really glued everyone to the screen and. Yeah, yeah. Like, this comedy is not easy. This at the end, because Conan, even when he w- had to stick with a script, would still find a way to go outside the line. And it sucks so much when every once in a while, when you can tell even the best ones, you know, have to go with a script and they yeah. gotten too carried away. And they're like, oh, okay. So I-, I love how a lot of them, especially Colbert and Kimmel, would play into the- what Conan was doing. Is like, Okay, my producer has a gun to my head right now. We gotta go to commercial when we yep. come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my and my favorite Conan, honestly, is probably like when he goes to these like like that Google thing or when he goes and talks to like the Harvard kid. I love Conan <laughs> just unscripted. His improv is unreal. It's unbelievable. That that he really in that recent chat on Inside Conan, he did go into that. Is like uh, I used to think you needed a stand up background to do any kind of comedy is like i i had just done improv work with the groundlings that's all i had and i used it and yeah. that improv i do find freeing i still love those final days uh, i got so sick of my film department because they were not freeing and they were not 
even trying to be helpful. And I started hanging out with a lot more theater and it's like, see, I got the real deal here because, you know, if you do any kind of comedy stuff in junior high or high school, it sucks. You're just, you don't have the right motivation or right crowd. And you're just trying to, you're getting points to memorize a speech for class. And half the time you got all the clowns in the front, you know, mocking you. And in college, I, I really do love a lot of improv because you will actually be able to, encourage each other there are some people who are have really just discovered their bizarre wacky selves yeah and uh, i i after doing improv i get i used to get stuck up just be just endless just decision making now i make a prompt decision now i don't yeah right i don't dick around <laughs> and i was like sure <laughs> i'll book a flight sure i'll <laughs> hell yeah drive five hours into wherever you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah in high school and college i mean two, high school is such a popularity contest you know it's like you said, it's not the right crowd. When you get to college, like everybody, like people aren't judgy as much as they're in high school. They're like, yeah, cool, man. Do your thing. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad uh, as much as, as into and obsessed with stand-up comedy as I was in high school, I'm kind of glad I waited to even try doing it until way after high school. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait for your insecurity to die down a little yeah. bit. And then, right. Again, like you say, find the right crowd who is laughing at you or yeah, with kids you in, kids in high school are like ha, ha he's pursuing his dream look at that loser <laughs> yeah the pricks have washed out by then so now you're getting less of that just back yep. and forth back and forth back and forth yeah and uh, again like you say you can concentrate i even found a great way for me to memorize the speech which is just take my glasses off so even if a friend who i love who's distracting us all get out you know is flying <laughs> i can still get a good grade and move along with the scene and when and what's funny is uh, i had some other pals who found out about that and they're like ah oh, you bastard i wish i followed your stuff <laughs> right you found something that works for you and i definitely the deal with conan though too is like hey <laughs> it's just i know what works for me versus I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, same thing with Conan. He knows exactly who he is. Like yeah. he knows what works for him. And as much as I love Conan and I do, he's like my hero in comedy. I don't have the energy to be a Conan. Like if I yeah. were to, if I were to pursue comedy full time and just do that, I would That's not so be true. energetic. I wouldn't see as many people say, I'll be the next Conan. I think everyone kind of knew is like, Oh, he's doing some serious, serious shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of almost like, I mean, kind of like Howard Stern was changing the deal with radio. I feel like he was kind of changing, not just late night. And like you say, blurring the line between how, you know, after 10 o'clock TV can kind of be no different than cable. Um, right. Or, or uh, shock jock radio. I think he was just kind of more like, he was the guy who's just like, whatever I do, you're going to, I'm going to invite you to come to the party with me. And we're going to tell some craziest stories and uh and then well it ends when it ends not when i tell you to not stop sleeping on my sofa you know (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, he was pleasant to go to sleep to after a while also and uh, i I did look up your google chat and uh, it's so funny when i type that in what also comes up is the uh, the time two years ago when he crashed a random zoom meeting (laughs) oh i remember that yeah. <laughs> like during the height of they were COVID, expecting when... like michelle obama or somebody to speak and he just comes right on in he's like <laughs> wait no <laughs> and he's just very recognizable just i don't know how he goes in public and doesn't get recognized i think he's <laughs> talked about it before but i can't remember 
And yeah, I mean, he's six foot four and he has he hair that's tall like as I'll get out. Tall. I wear a I, fake mustache. <laughs> uh, remember <laughs> what he would was, say? Yeah, it, <laughs> the fake mustache. And he always does the screaming. Kind of <laughs> I, I know. I love his I love his creepy guy voice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> especially in the year 2000, he would make his voice echo a bit. Yeah. <laughs> And that's before he has whatever. <laughs> and he would have his random guests. Yeah, that's right. Say crazy shit. And it was like, I could, no one else could have said that with a straight face. And then every, really every good woman, at playing along with him. Every woman that came on, he go. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh man. It was that, that Nicole just, Scherzinger. She's like up here, Conan. He's like, come on. I said, look what you're wearing. Like, I'm not gonna look. There. yeah it, he would uh, and they'd interrupt him every once in a while uh, yeah. i think it was either jennifer garner or tyra banks did the whole like jennifer just, garner there you go and he just I, did his... I, that's one of my most cringy uh interviews i ever what, watched snuck, snuck isn't a word there was yeah that. it sneaked it was like you're a harvard graduated man you should know better <laughs> snuck past part of speak. oh man everybody <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> and the, he would attack their snarkiness with snark, and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm trying to remember what was like the real first big time where he just like would wave his head all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like with a woman. It, yeah, it was like it, that was always his okay. Is like don't interrupt me, man. <laughs> don't kill my groove. And uh, uh, I've lost. I always wanted to. I, I doubt he would have taken my submission. I know you can submit like a voicemail and he basically criticizes his crazy <laughs> yeah. fans voicemails, yeah. but don't you love it when it's like he would do like the Twitter tracker, like briefly on TBS, but on both his NBC and TBS show, he would always have like fan corrections and <laughs> they would have way too much free time and he would just always attack it. It was like on NBC, uh, he that, was always... Uh, staging a reaction tbs he would stay he would basically just get even more digital like no oh this is actually in the history book I, this is that the the town that uh adrian and i are actually from was on mm. an episode of conan one time nice when, when he used to do his Dare stupid people in the news oh man what, there what, what? was a clipping from a town right next to the one we live in uh, that said, woman gets caught trying to buy something at the dollar store with uh, counterfeit $3 bills. I didn't know that was near us. That's Franklin. Is it really? Yep. And that's, eight, uh, that's eight miles from our hometown. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and wow. it, and it, it is accurate to the town we live in. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. I love how you, you don't want to say the town. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the area, it's very fitting. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's all good. I'm sure Dallas, Texas, got roasted once in a while. But <laughs> oh, that, yeah, it, them way more often. That's a bit. That's definitely they a, write a themselves. So it was going to happen. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the traveling definitely added a lot though, because you could tell they're making use of their expenses and what crazy stuff to do, and they had a backup plan and. It's so funny even when you see a blooper because it doesn't feel hackneyed or like a bunch of guys who don't even deserve to be on TV. It is hysterical when, <laughs> uh, you know, the feed is just so raw. Every once in a while, one of the cameramen gets into the scene by accident and they're just trying to keep the camera straight and not guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I love their, like, I love all those kind of segments. Like, I can't remember where, where they went. Do you remember the time where Conan and one of his, like, assistants went to some kind of brewery like maybe it was guinness or something 
yeah, vaguely, but yeah. The person's he, like giving them the whole tour and the whole time he's like, can we drink beer? <laughs> They're like, not yet. Yeah. He's like, when the hell do we drink beer? <laughs> yeah, just the perfect, just he, he puts in the impatient persona and goes along with it. And <laughs> They're showing him room after room. He's just sitting there with like an empty mug. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah and the the, home, the tour guide is just like thank you and it's like it, it, it's so funny how half the time you can tell they've warned the person hey we're gonna do this type of thing and it doesn't make any difference half the time they're just oh yeah and of there's, course that, there, and, there's absolutely no way to ready somebody who's not an actor for conan o'brien oh no he's uh, so, was it he's brazil like... where he was teaching a spanish class or whatever <laughs> yeah and they're all just going to find out. He's like, oh, no, you to take <laughs> yeah, me Con- serious. I'm your teacher. <laughs> Conan just has like so much charisma. It's hard to keep up with him. <laughs> they're yeah. laughing before he even like raises his hand. He's like, because they just know it's coming. <laughs> and <laughs> right. like you say, bracing yourself is is pointless and inevitable at the same time. Like it's, <laughs> it's good to get geared up, but you don't know what to expect. Well, what, what White House correspondence dinner was he at? I'm trying to he did one with Obama and one with Clinton. Yeah. That's what it was. He just needed to show up. And he was even, he and Kimmel were even more kind of sneaky. Just like, yeah. whoa, I didn't know you could go there. I'm just expecting everyone else to kind of do like what Steve Carell and Colbert and Keegan Michael K had done, just kind of off the wall personas. And you're right. You're kind of just you know, waiting for it, waiting for it. Oh, that's the punchline. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Corey. Titty, 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 Obama. Joe Gatto and Practical Jokers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know the password? It's titty, 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 Obama. I miss, I miss Joe Gatto. <laughs> we miss you, Joe. <laughs> you know, Impractical Jokers is definitely kind of another, just kind of atypical kind of style. It's like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Even, I think, it's like they had a show that was on after Conan with Jamila Jamil from The Good Place called uh, The Misery Index. And that was one where oh, the yeah. production value wasn't there, but the humor was. So it was just like, yeah, this is fine because this is totally what it is. I mean, they they totally, I think Conan kind of just made TBS realize they, once he's gone, they need more content. They need more wacky stuff like Impractical yeah. Jokers that is on all the, uh, you know, true. It's so wild how true TV used to be, you know, uh, you know, a crime channel, and now it's yeah, outrageous. It's not core TV anymore. It's just wacky. Just it's literally impractical jokers, misery index, and uh, uh, the Carbonara Carbonara effect. Carbonara effect. They might as well have retired the game show network because it's like, yeah, it's like people don't want game shows even anymore. They want just wacky comedians, kind of like at midnight, just doing. I've seen yeah. things. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, I, I loved it when Kimmel brought back uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire that one summer. Yeah. He he brought on all sorts of comedians, and half the time you're like, wow, they're actually pretty fucking smart. And the other is like, oh, they don't got a fucking chance. And then they unexpectedly went anyway. <laughs> paper, it, snow, a ghost. A ghost. <laughs> Something that's white. Paper, snow, a ghost. A ghost. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. Uh, speaking of friends, you know, uh, you guys knew Conan uh, dated Lisa Kudra back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Like, he he they, owes they so much to together. her. Yeah, she, she's the one that like told him like you need to get in front of the camera. Yeah. Yes, he 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 always thanks her. It, yes, it's he does. So funny when he showed up on like her web therapy mock, you know, right show, yeah. and uh, she he had her do his makeup like 
first few times when he was like getting ready and everything and that got him in the mode and he was like <laughs> the first guest <laughs> right so thank you phoebe for being the best female character on friends and yeah, starting Conan Frazier doesn't know what they were missing out on yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> it's so fucking stupid it's like she's not beautiful enough I'm like we're casting her because she's funny yeah exactly i i am so sick with all these toxic males that are still around here and it's just like don't make yeah. all the rest of us look like pigs dude you know this <laughs> yeah. is we should be able to Conan walks the fine line of he's able to acknowledge everyone's perfections and make awkward jokes without yeah, exactly. just taking it too far. Or uh, he would have even other crazy celebs who would be saying, oh, you came up in a weird dream about me first. And he was good at just walking that fine line. He's like, hey, guys, just don't take this serious at all. We're on late night shit TV. We <laughs> be here, but we are. And we're here to entertain you for 90 minutes. You know? <laughs> yep. are, you are you talking about people saying that Lisa Kudrow wasn't pretty enough? Yeah, yeah that was like the man, she was like Fraser was like, game. I'm she like, was like one of my childhood crushes growing up. So it was probably because of her humor too, though. Well, she's yeah, I mean, also that was a part a of very it, out of all the friends, guys, she is a natural actress. Like she's good yeah. at just fitting into any kind of scene. And I would see her in dramatic roles, and it's like, see that I bought that. I, and the rest of the time, everyone else was just getting hired just because hey, you're on Friends, not because you work for this role, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like Hollywood's idea of beauty is so dumb. Like, if we saw Lisa Kudrow walking through our town, everyone would be like, damn. Uh, <laughs> she, exactly. she's, shees purdy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And you could have an actual everyday chat with her as opposed to just one that went too far. Yeah. Exactly. And also, that's how people in our hometown talk. <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering, that was Damn, she's, she's purdy. That sound effect was them spitting out their dip. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh so dare i love ask, it here love it here if you had to give conan a career boost what what would it be would you have him be a president would you have him be a judge would you have him be a, oh god his own cooking show <laughs> well see that could be entertaining as long as he has the knife guys on oh oh that that was camel never mind well yeah, i mean one of yeah, the yeah there you go he could have kimmel and the guillermo and <laughs> the other the internet woods come in um one uh one of the things we've already talked about i would literally watch him like play video games with his commentary uh, yeah. there you go okay perfect like, you know the youtube channels like break it up into episodes introducing like, yeah. twitch for conan exactly yeah give conan a twitch i'd watch it a cooking show i'd watch that they do uh they do a short video thing with aaron blair mm -hmm. Uh, he talks about video games with, uh, I don't remember the other girl's name, she, the cast member, apologize, yeah. but they've had Conan on a couple times talk about video games and he just doesn't give a shit. I, I love how much he doesn't care. And Harvard, he actually designed a game. Did he? Yeah. He, wow. he, he made like a funny NBA game where like the Boston Celtics came out and did like a, a little ballerina routine. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, very so Conan. It's very Conan. And then oh, man. <laughs> yeah or you know i'd love to have conan like as a guest judge on something like uh master chef or something oh lord like they'd, he, they'd bring him they'd, up food he'd be like what the hell is this they would not get any <laughs> cooking done he'd be over there picking on him the whole damn time gordon would be like conan get up here <laughs> conan would be over there bothering the guest donkey <laughs> right. they'd be like, they only have an hour conan <laughs> conan's like ah, did you hear about the guy that uh <laughs> Yeah, a thousand percent. I uh, do. You guys love it when uh, Piri Bernard was like his like a uh, wardrobe consultant guy, smaller, bald, black guy. Oh Wait, yeah, what about yeah. 
yeah that, that, like, with the weird mannequin guy yeah it was like just, <laughs> and he just ended up half the time just acting in the various skits with them and yeah, yeah. Uh, i love how they brought him on one time it was like perry you were just on your favorite show stargate sg1 as an extra <laughs> showed the clip and um but uh, i think the last i saw him i think is when he was doing like a harlem globetrotters skit and of course conan is you know so goofy no one can play yeah. basketball normally <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, so good. This has been a great time having you both on here, and uh, I, I just love how this comedy kind of speaks to all of us. Like, I you 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 you're gonna have to go through like the very bottom depths of the internet to find anyone just talking smack about Conan. Like, <laughs> just most people find him oh, pretty yeah. agreeable. And Conan's by far my favorite late night host that I've ever watched. Oh, that's easy. When he was at the comic conventions, and he just said just made it to where he's like he's a super villain and he's molded a plastic oh, yeah. you know version of his hair and he's got christian shawl <laughs> as another evil demon and he fights uh, seth green in a lightsaber battle hey he got the Funko Funko pop, pop of, of hey. him conan uh the flaming sea underneath his uh if there's a regular action figure i will definitely buy it i will add it to my collection <laughs> i have five different conan funkos <laughs> He really has adopted the Funkos pretty well. Wait, have you, uh, oh, yeah. Every comp. Oh, have you guys, have hey. you guys seen my lightsaber? <laughs> this oh, is a running gosh. gag on our podcast. <laughs> I love those because I was always doing the same shit with my friends growing up. Oh, let me show you my lightsaber. And you know, you know what the ironic thing is? I didn't bring in the lightsaber the episode we talked about the sequels. <laughs> but I talk about, I talk about it every unrelated episode of Star Wars. Right. It's like it, so what you're saying is that the force got to it took it, it took you out of it. Well what I, yeah, what I'm saying is the sequels don't deserve a lightsaber. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right. There's solo's movies. That's a little that's a little teaser for our episode people can check out. Rogue One for the win. Oh. Adrian uh, I, doesn't like Rogue One. Oh. I don't, I don't hate Rogue One. I just love it like everybody else does. <laughs> it's all good. Mandalorian it was the ultimate compromise. It, I take it you guys saw the Star Wars. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't I've yet to see anyone disagree on that. <laughs> but uh, you remember the segment when he had like, he was like playing like, I guess the uh, Lobot on Cloud City and was, like yeah. he had a bunch of other comedians like Aisha Tyler was in like green makeup. and <laughs> Yeah. I forget who Andy Richter was playing, but yeah, it's like they had a bunch of other comedians. It's just the atypical opening. And you're like, oh, I'm watching Conan <laughs> doing Star Wars skits. And it's like, <laughs> I don't care that they're interviewing whoever from whatever. I love just... all of Conan's uh, cold opens during the Comic Con when he's going to have like a panel on. And he did, that, like a, he and did a Walking Dead one, and uh, he always he asks an atypical question. It, it, he really makes use of the privilege as opposed to just feeling like well i'm cut for time i can't ask you all these other crazy questions yeah i mean <laughs> i mean i remember he had the whole cast of the predator on and you know that movie had its hectic you know behind the scenes stories and everything and he just brought out all the amusing factors of all of them asking him all kinds of crazy questions and he got all kinds of responses i don't think you would get anywhere else just comedy has that way of doing that and i think that's why everyone remembers all the various segments so much on his show because you just everyone and everyone loves working with each other i know you know sono and mad and conan go they're back and forth but at the end of the day it's just siblings you know unofficial siblings just joking amongst each other basically <laughs> oh i think oh. i think i think him and sona are legitimately brother and sister they totally like, are they and love each other they need you need that too just to have that just <laughs> like you say cold open and just 
uh, have the time they're roasting each other or talking shit before the whole thing actually gets real <laughs> and, and it, it filters it out pretty well and again like you say seeing all this evolution seeing all these other kinds of gags that no one else would want to do or would think of doing it's just it, it, it wrote itself and at the same time like it it is a groundbreaking comedy and i i, I get just so annoyed too nowadays when i even see some other a youtube star or comedian or other former comedian and they're they would do a talk show host a segment and they just felt too scripted or like the they weren't enjoying themselves or they're being held back so the creativity just was a miss and yeah i think a lot of people have had to find out the hard way you you yes you have to get finished on time but at the same time you got you can't force humor you got to let it play out naturally you got to have them interact with the audience you can't replay the same <laughs> you know laugh and, track right and one thing i've even learned uh just from doing this is uh every once in a while just because a joke is in your head you don't have to spurt it out sometimes they're just gonna die you're thinking of yeah. something funny you're not always gonna get to say the funny thing that's just how it is. And you got to love working with each other. You, you'd hear all sorts of horror stories about people wanting to leave Letterman and due to creative differences or Leno yeah. just was a dumpster fire of just jokes that never landed or didn't want to connect to one or the other. Me, me, I didn't me, think it was that bad. Me. <laughs> Let's talk about that my cars, me. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I got the chin. I got the chin. <laughs> I'll leave you with one thing I want to tell you about Conan that I think perfectly like encapsulates who he is. So I have this little, I have this little fun fact here. Uh, mm. So when Conan was in college at Harvard, obviously, him and a group of friends rented a jackhammer and dressed as construction workers. He called the Boston police and told them that teenagers like were illicitly using these uniforms and aren't real construction workers. So they would come like to the scene. And then he <laughs> called state police and told them that people were impersonating police officers so they would arrest the Boston police. That's fucking amazing. Oh my God. Just that, uh, that, that, that level of genius. And that, that's just, that, that encapsulates Conan pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And he's a real down to earth, just really cool dude. Like, um, uh, like, I think he was talking with like Dion Cole or whatever, and they were like in a privileged white neighborhood and Dion wasn't sure he wanted to go there because he was used to just, you know, having some bigots every once in a while call the police on him just for being different than they were. And that opened yeah, up yeah. Conan's eyes. And he's like, well, that's unacceptable. That's not going to fucking happen on my watch. And uh, I think he also, I mean, he, you see him even reacting the most to comedians who are like promoting like a dramatic work. He's like, you guys are going to a factor that I wish, you know, I was capable of doing, you know? Right. He, he gets a little sad on when he's in Israel, you know, revisiting Sonia's yeah, past. Yeah. And he's like, man, I, this is heavy. I don't, but he also knows that filter. He knows how to, and you're still kind of entertained getting there before you get to the drama even. And, he knows yeah. how to lighten the mood without going too far or it's like, no, just seriously shut up right now. Conan. Everyone's having a hard time. <laughs> and He's very good at reading the room. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's never really gotten like in trouble, in trouble for the jokes. He makes yeah. He's never he knows when to stop. Had to be canceled. Uh, it, it says a lot for when the most that's happened has been some like Taiwanese hackers were ripping your stuff off. And <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just so funny how he would have to respond to them every once in a while he'd be seeing like some foreign tv show host guys were spoofing him because of youtube videos and he would try to respond to it and he just couldn't keep up with it after a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like for everyone to have basically learned something from his shows and gone on to write a bunch of other comedies or uh, act in other sitcoms that says a lot everyone's kind of just he accepted the uncanniness of it all (laughs) at the end of the day as silly as conan is he's also a very genuinely nice person and he tries to give everybody a chance who works for him he even loves his fans like he said he never really gets mad when he's out and fans like want to talk to him he, he pretty much talks to everybody it yeah even, it even irritates his wife sometimes because they're just trying to get somewhere and he wants <laughs> i to love those to fans. stories when his wife will say let's go to bed yeah. or his kids are like me i don't care what dad does <laughs> oh man <laughs> And he, I think we, he's also just picked the rare fruit that just all of us kind of side with is that we don't want to, we, we don't want to follow every rule, but at the same time, we don't want to go out and cause trouble. And at the same time, yeah. we just got to blurt out something that's on our mind because just something is just really irking us. <laughs> this is like, nah, what did you think I was, you know? So he kind of has a bit of the smart ass in all of us, but he also kind of has the, just an average show, just another nine to five job. What are they spending this money on anyway? And the amazing <laughs> part about Conan is he didn't build himself up to that. He started that way. Yeah. He was, he was never really shy to say what he wanted to say and do what he wanted to do. He was able to filter the unfilter, I guess you could yeah. say. Just, mm-hmm. like, ease in and then up. Oh, he's out and it was always hysterical when he would have an interview that was going south he's traveling around and you can tell <laughs> it's like that did not go well but, yeah. Uh, yeah, same reason uh same reason i love letterman you know he's never been shy about how he feels and he, the same way with the when the whole conan uh leno thing happened david letterman was one of his biggest supporters and he was very vocal oh yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, it helped that he hates Jay Leno, but you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but David Letterman has always been that grumpy old man, yeah, who also is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old well, not like laughed. that one time Drew Barrymore or Crispin Glover wrecked my show, <laughs> but yeah, Letterman is interesting because, like, those last few years, oh man, they were a dog for me, they were not letting him do any of his other skits like will it float but yeah i respected him so much as a person and everything and uh, i think he got he was a he had so many coming to jesus moments where he's just like what am i even doing with this show anymore you know? yeah was it him who had uh was it joaquin phoenix that was on his show that one night like oh, asses yeah. on acting really weird yeah i don't did know, you know that, that was did you know that was all an act i was gonna say was that a bit there was an act uh, and at the same Joaquin time was... phoenix for eight months of his life pretended to be completely out of his fucking mind to record a documentary oh really at the end of it he came out and said by the way i was being filmed the whole time uh the movie will be coming out next year and then he was just wow he was just joaquin phoenix crazy again instead of yeah instead extra of that, yeah in other in other words a perfect uh candidate to play joker oh wait yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. i mean there, there have been some good movies and shows as because it's the same way as like i've talked about comedy bits and it's so funny how you might what are your the uneducated you know millennial who's only seen like maybe five seconds of one or been a long time it is funny always seeing what 
they they kind of riff on you know they're riffing on riffers you know because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's like half the time you know i i went i went even deeper back you were talking games uh i forgot that there was a segment on conan where he would redub like do a pg version of of grand theft auto <laughs> it would make it look like every day nine to five guys just walking around and one of them gets hit by a car you know? <laughs> and they, they made it literally look like uh interactive simpsons almost <laughs> just, just walking around and they're asking hey you dated my mom i hear you know <laughs> <laughs> Not going around shooting or robbing banks. <laughs> Corey, we've done that before. I feel like everyone's tried that at least once. The, yeah, we, the, we tried to play GTA. It's like, not so R-rated, is it? <laughs> uh, we did it for way too long. Once. <laughs> we, uh, we were sitting there one time. It was probably a good hour where we're just stopping at red lights, not hitting anybody, and turning and yeah, like getting the in the right lane. And the video eventually, game. we were just like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" <laughs> I did the same thing with Mercenaries, that other knockoff game where I yeah, was. Yeah. Just- I would just literally just be going around trying to befriend everybody. Hey, 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 hey why, why are you shooting at me in your war zone? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. It turns out GTA is pretty boring if you don't break any laws. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. You're I know, controversial opinion, but still someone else. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very controversial. <laughs> no, I'm the king of controversy. Okay, that's a controversial take. All right. If you stop at every red light, uh, yeah, GTA is kind of boring. <laughs> just kind of like porn is bringing out all the keeping all the taboo people in line i think video games keep all the psychos in line really and just, you know. <laughs> what's taboo i don't even know what that means what is taboo r1 r2 l1 r2 left down right up left down right up hey alexa what does <laughs> taboo mean <laughs> <laughs> that, adrian that, showing everyone his lightsaber <laughs> <laughs> that one will stick with me forever that cheat code <laughs> 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 well this has been a delight having you both on here uh what is culture shock got stacked on the deck next recently our sequels episode came out but uh on the uh well when will this go up though because uh, <laughs> it depends i mean when, when okay, i when well, i get my just, shit together but. i'll just say at, at the time so 2023 of recording this uh, we did our first of two episodes on the sequel because we tried to do it in one, on, on but, star uh, wars yeah on star wars sequels we tried to do it in one episode but we all got a little too heated with each other and uh <laughs> and it's gonna... funny because it's very natural he's <laughs> like i respect you and I completely disagree and <laughs> An hour and 15 minutes was not enough time. And for we that ended episode. up having a lot more to say. So we decided we're going to do a part two. That'll be coming. It'll probably be out once this is out. But uh, the next episode, other than that, is we're going to do season two of Breaking Bad. Yes. The Breaking Bad ones have been great because you're just like, hey, you know, I get that Skylar evolves. Uh, it's like, <laughs> why does everyone support Walter, you know, when he's a psycho? Yeah. <laughs> People love Walter. People no, love I'm him, one man. of them. <laughs> I love Walter. I'm not so hot on Heisenberg. Sorry, other way around. I love Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah, no way. I love so Heisenberg. That dude kicks ass. Bring the bottle back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It's been great hearing you talk about the various technology and how you got introduced to games at Friends' house. And it's been very uplifting because it's like, it's always annoying when you have to tell, inevitably tell someone's like, hey, I know about that game and I never played a single fucking minute of it, but 
don't look at me like I, you know, you can't talk to me. You know, it's it's a very yeah. freeing conversation, and it is cool seeing you guys just introduce about stuff. Uh, you should do totally do an episode on the Sony Walkman radio cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was at one point part of pop culture, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like that's another thing. It's changing. It's like now is like I don't know anyone who isn't not using Spotify or one of those other. Yeah. Sites. Oh yeah. So if people uh, if uh if people want to see our more heated side of culture shock, <laughs> check out the pre No Way Home Spider Man episode. That <laughs> was great. Uh, and hearing... and the Star Wars sequels. I think those are the two heated. If There's... you want to see the more friendly casual side, check out any other episode. <laughs> uh, the Resident Evil one was fun because you're talking about the big bosses and you guys couldn't agree on like what was the best installment. You know, it's just it, it, and. Kind of, kind of the same thing with Star Wars. Like, hey, that lightsaber fight was great. Sam but... Raimi. Oh, God. <laughs> the Scrubs one was great, great obviously. Or, you, you know, talking about uh, TS sitcoms and how they changed. And <laughs> Corey said something was coming. Adrian, Adrian was about to say the lack was, of, star, lack lack of lightsaber, fights. lightsaber fights in The Last Jedi. <laughs> as, as in Zero. <laughs> oh, man. As you and, can see, we still have another Star Wars episode to record. <laughs> Our thoughts have not fully been articulated. Oh uh, yeah, and if you get to the shows, then what? What next? You know? <laughs> oh god, well I'm sure we'll do them eventually. Yeah, eventually we'll get. I don't know if Doug sure. will. I don't know if Doug will ever watch them. <laughs> it was yeah. great hearing your Batman chat and even sports yeah. chat because you you guys, uh, dare I say, are able to kind of pick into any chat and get anyone kind of in the mode, and it's like they don't even have to be a fan of what you're talking about, and they just love the chat. It's just the natural discourse. <laughs> well, hey man, that's a that's a great compliment. Thank you. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're going for our entire lives. <laughs> no one could agree on sat... Batman, and it's just like <laughs> it our... just showed me how some people take Batman too seriously, and other people oh, love yeah. a campy version. And this is like that's right. the problem. Batman has changed tone over the years, so it was inevitable. <laughs> hey, Ad- Adam West, Batman, and Joel Schumacher's Batman. Batman work for some people. I mean, Batman and Robin <laughs> is the greatest Batman movie of all time, but I, I, got, I got five minutes on that episode to explain why it's the greatest. Uh, oh, man. And I mean, you were citing Bob Kane. Everyone's like, Bob Kane's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that he wrote. <laughs> oh, goodness. It was great. Oh, man. And, 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 and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's best performance. Uh, yeah, it's up there. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Not, <laughs> he was kind of the reason I watched it to begin with. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Screw you, Terminator Predator. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot to be top tier for Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to be honest. Whoa, with you. whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, well, that's episode. I didn't mean he to. He brought out the best in me because it's like everyone else was doing shitty, stupid movies, and he kind of was, I don't know, just committing to that over the top nature. Oh, absolutely. It was like, Everyone wanted muscles like him and just go around. That's, that's why he's. <laughs> well, since you both did it, <laughs> we all had to get one in there. Oh man! And and also, if I can shamelessly plug, I have a YouTube channel as well, Baker Reviews, where I also yes. review movies, games, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. I just came out with a Thor: Love and Thunder episode. Where I have mixed opinions. He, he literally <laughs> ripped off everything we do on the podcast for a YouTube channel. Whoa, I started my YouTube channel first. <laughs> Don't believe him, guys. Don't believe him. <laughs> if anything, Allegedly. Culture Shock Podcast ripped me off. <laughs> Wait, I'm part of that podcast. All right. I work here. And <laughs> yeah, that's guys, right. You guys are sounding like Roger Avery and Tarantino, where they would always <laughs> say, give me a writing credit. We're going to rip each other off before we write our next crazy crime movie. <laughs> We're just going to ride each other's coattails to the top. 
That's right. Whoever hits it bigger, my YouTube channel or the podcast, <laughs> we're going to use each other. We're going to steer it's towards a, that one. It's a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> and you guys also know how to just kind of just go into you go into like even the most unrelated topic and it'll just work for whatever your topic is oh we we steer <laughs> going back and quite forth a bit oh Amber yeah Heard and johnny depp and that <laughs> went we, back actually, and we actually had a whole johnny depp episode planned when doug was missing a week but because yeah. of internet issues it never happened we definitely talked <laughs> and i guess you guys did talk about that trial we, we talked about it a little episode. bit in the next episode but uh we actually had an entire like 40 minutes recorded all about of, uh, johnny depp about Johnny Depp, but we weren't even halfway through like the things we were going to talk about and everything just crapped out. Yep. <laughs> and now the trial's kind of over, so I don't think we'll ever get... I mean, we might do a spotlight on Johnny Depp eventually, but yeah. we'll probably hold off on that. Um, and I guess, how, how do you go about like kind of planning the episode? Like, do you often very, say, what very, are we thinking of this week? Just like Very chaotically. And, yes. Uh, now, there are... <laughs> There we are don't have certain, a list or anything. There are certain weeks that things come out that we're like, we have to talk about this. Yeah. Like uh, one, one episode that it was just a two-man recently was Corey and me. We were both huge Resident Evil fans. They announced that new right. Resident Evil 4 remake. So we're like, let's talk yeah. about Resident Evil. Well, let's tie it in. Just the latest happenings. It, like you say, it is hard to plan some stuff. It is so hysterical. I'll have to host when they're doing a game or a pro a movie program how they're having to force themselves to finish the movie just to get <laughs> yeah. done in time yeah so a lot of times we look in when there's a new batman movie i saw it first i told all of them go see this because we have to discuss it immediately we talked about <laughs> doctor strange because it just came out you know some weeks Spider-Man we have no stuff like spider-man no way home certain weeks we have stuff planned off weeks we're just like what the hell you guys want to talk about <laughs> And we try to be pretty consistent between movies, television, and video games. We try to keep, yeah. We try to but do like sometimes a the news steers towards one thing, and we kind of do exactly multiple on the same thing. <laughs> and then we've also done one episode on music, which Corey hates, although it's done very well for us. I and, loved it, but I, I, I understand the the hate was natural because it's like, yeah, you're good. Look, I, I love music. Bad. You know what the I funniest, love listening to music. I hate talking about it. You know what the funniest thing is, Corey? How many concerts have you been to? Uh, over fifty. That's more than the other three of us combined. And he's the one that hated talking about music. I'm going to a concert. I just I went mean, to one last month and I'm going to another one in a couple of months. It's fine. I didn't start out as a music podcast either. I said I was going to cover it, but we were mainly doing movie composers. And yeah, I had to. Oh, so you I, mainly I, did like film scores and stuff like that? Yeah. But then I got people who was like, they could do a film score, but they just weren't as giving as much attention to it or. Yeah, as available, and so mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, fuck it. Let's just talk ACDC one. Let's talk about <laughs> Weezer. Let's talk about yeah." So, did you guys yeah. do like an episode about each band, or do you? Oh, we we we've we've done many. We we still got many other coming out. I got a Jack Black and Tenacious D one coming out. Nice. Yeah, we we talked we so just... much about Foo Fighters, and then Taylor yes. Hawkins unexpectedly died, so it became a totally different kind of show. I was like, "Yeah, that got dark <laughs> real fast." <laughs> yeah, I would love to go to segments. the reunion or the uh, the. Uh memorial concert they're going to do for him yeah all kinds of different legendary drummers are going to go to the stage and play songs with foo fighters uh i think it's going to be in california or somewhere i can't i don't know i just heard about it like there's all these legendary drummers from different bands that are going to come on and like play a song each with foo fighters and do his part it it just sounds like a really great idea i don't know i would love to be part of it but i live on the other side of the country i probably won't get to see that but yeah that would be like a 
uh, Foo Fighters were always my favorite 90s band growing up when I was a teenager. I'm old as shit, so... That's a good segue, because, I mean, they were kind of another one just where they they, they didn't want to sound like just any other grunge band. And yeah. hearing them, rec- their recent talks have been has been enlightening, because, you know... So, September 27th. Okay. And Getty Lee's going to be there. Yeah. Man. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. All these greats. Okay, well, you are always welcome back, both of you, and I'm glad we could talk about one hell of a guy. Thank you for having us on, sir. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a